0: Are you ready to be a better, more successful, and open-minded trader and investor? I'm Serge Berger, head trader and investment strategist at thestudytrader.com, and I want to help you get there. Whether you've been investing for years or are just getting your feet wet, this podcast will help you cut through the noise and get dialed in on the big picture. We will utilize research, guest interviews, and real time analysis of the market. We're at a critical juncture in the market where knowledge really will mean power. In this episode of the Steady Wealth Podcast, we are going to look at the market and see if potentially the broader equity market, US equity market, Could be in for setting a top for the entire year here this coming week or within the next few weeks or so. We're also going to have a look at China. They have been stimulating the market and we are contemplating the idea of at least an oversold trade in the FXI ETF. Hey everybody! Welcome back to another episode of the Steady Wealth Podcast. I'm your host Serge Berger from the and Blue Marlin Advisors LLC. I am pleased that you're joining back for another episode and a look at the markets here. What I'd like to do right off the bat is have a look at performance. And as always, if you're watching this on YouTube, you are going to be able to see a few charts that I show. If you're listening to this on the traditional uh, podcasting platforms, you are going to be, hear me describe these charts. And again, you won't miss a thing. I just will walk you through them just as well. The first thing we want to keep in mind, and uh, I would like to put some additional perspective around this is the performance year to date. Now, of course this year is only about three uh, or so weeks old, maybe three and a half weeks or so, depending on when you listen to this and uh, we are once again, seeing very notable. Divergences or outperformance on the part of just a few names. If we look at the market through the past, let's say six months, first, we can see a very clear outperformance on the part of companies like Microsoft. For the past six months, up about eighteen percent, the SMH ETF, which represents semiconductor stocks, and I want to spend quite a bit of time on those today, up about the twenty-six percent over six months, and the RSP, that's the equally weighted. S&P 500, you can look at it as the average stock is up about 2.752 and three quarters percent over the past six months. Fast forward over the year to date numbers. Again, we're only a few weeks into the new year here in late January. The uh, broader S&P 500, the equally weighted S&P is actually down on the year as I'm recording this right now, about 20 basis points. Microsoft up 7 0.7% 0.7% or so in the SMH, semiconductor stocks up about 10%. And so what this quickly needs leads me to have to remind people on is when we talk about these magnificent seven stocks, these the big mega cap stocks, we need to we need to think about this as a self-reinforcing mechanism. So you take investor A. And investor A decides to allocate some money to the markets. And when, it say, when we say to the markets, that'll probably include some fixed income and some equities. But the equity portion, the U.S. equity portion at the very least of that, is essentially just mathematically going in large part in a few stocks because they're such heavily weighted. They're a big part, and we all know the stocks, that Microsofts the Googles of the world and a few others, they are such a big part of those indices that when anyone incrementally at the margin, every dollar that gets added to equity and equity portfolio, basically further accelerates the the allocation to those few names. And so it's, it's like a self-reinforcing mechanism, even if one's not bullish on those stocks, just investing in the market, whether it's a pension fund having invested invest into a balanced portfolio, whether it's Henry, who just retired at the end of 2023, has to bring over his 401k and reinvest in something else. Like all of it, not all of it, but it's all of it will, to some extent to a good extent, to a large extent, get added to a few stocks. And that has, again, self-reinforcing consequences. So even if Henry, in this case, was not bullish those few stocks, he has no choice but to add to those because he's probably buying a basket of stocks, in like an S&P 500, in which case, if he does that, he's basically allocating to a few stocks. So we need to keep that in mind. Let's look at the, the market a bit more holistically. And I'm going to look at it through the lens of a few charts. Again, I will describe this here as we go along. The S&P 500, as we just heard, the equally weighted S&P 500 is, what do we say? It's, it's basically flat for the year. Call it, yeah, call it flat for the year. The S&P itself, I'm going to use the SPY ETF to show us that, is up about 2.7% or so. So again, you're looking at semiconductors and stuff, something like Microsoft, up at least two to three times that. And again, that's where all the weightings are, so that's that. Now, of course, as we head into earnings season, and we are in earnings season now, but particularly as we head into this coming week starts on Monday, the 29th of January, let's talk a little bit about what's on tap next week. In terms of uh, specific earnings, we are going to start off on Monday with kind of a not all that important day, but as we start heading into Tuesday, let me just uh, read you some of the names that we are going to be faced with. On Tuesday, we are going to be, and that's the second last day of the month. Keep that in mind. We are going to be looking at, we're going to be looking at stocks like like Google and Microsoft. And that's important because, and actually I should show you this for the next seven days. So you'll see Monday, the, the 29th, here it is. And I'm just gonna read this out loud for those people who are joining. So Monday, not a heck of a lot, but then Tuesday, we get AMD, we get Alphabet. So that's Google, we get Pfizer, we get Starbucks, we get UPS, we get we get big ones. GM, Marathon, Petroleum, those are important stocks. EA, and again, we, we get we get Microsoft as well and many more. So why is that important? Let's again remind ourselves what these stocks have done. I'm just gonna quickly reference Microsoft, ticker symbol MSFT, of course. And as we look at the stock, it has, of course. Gone past the 2021 highs. It has now extended higher, so above the 2021 highs, by the same amount of its trading range. And this is a bit of a mouthful, so stay with me. By the same amount of its trading range that it had roughly between, let's say, the summer of 2023 to late October 2023. And the reason that's important is because from a technical perspective, if you want to look at it that way for a second, we call these extension moves. So the again, roughly speaking, the trading range we had from the summer of 2023 into the October of 2023 lows, if we take and measure that distance and we add it to the top of, of that recent high, we more or less get exactly to where we are right now we can be a little bit more aggressive still and then that would give us another extension move but we're getting really darn close semiconductor stocks and it's particularly nvidia same exact thing i've already uh, drawn it in if we measure the trading range that semiconductors had between again the summer of 2023 to the late october 2023 we measure that distance we add it to the highs of that range we or actually we've actually now gone even a bit past it. So if you average it out on those stocks Nvidia, same exact thing, I'll quickly share this with you as well. Again, same math. So for those of you that are just listening to this and you're not watching us on YouTube again, you're not missing a thing. I'm just explaining to you. Take the trading range, for example, for Nvidia from the lows of, of last autumn to the highs of last summer, and you get that trading range, we, you add it on top of the highs of that trading range, and you get more or less exactly where the stock is trading right down. Now, none of this means the stock has to fall apart from here, and it's the end of the world and these, that these are bad companies, and everyone's going to lose their money. I'm not, this is not a, an outright bear market call at all. It's just, I think we're getting a bit overdone. Now, if you think about it psychologically, again, look at these, some of these names that we just talked about. Again, just on Tuesday alone, Tuesday is the second last trading day. Of the month again we get we get on the big ones google and microsoft and and again a whole lot of other stocks in other industries as well but if we move on down the calendar to wednesday and i want to talk a bit more about wednesday in a minute on wednesday we get something like boeing we get something like affleck i'm not sure to what extent that's going to matter the broader market qualcomm very important stock adp uh, boston scientific phillips 66 and of course on thursday which is the first trading day of the february We get Apple, like Meta, we get PayPal, just, (laughs) it's hard to overstate how important this week is going to be from an earnings perspective, but we don't even have to just end at earnings. We need to think about what have stocks done into earnings. So let's just look at NVIDIA for a minute. So NVIDIA over the past, let's take year to date, might as well take year to date. Year to date, as I'm recording this here uh, on Friday morning, the what is today? Today's the 26th of January. It's up 24%. It was up 26% or so. The SMH ETF, we just talked about SMH before, right? That's the entire semiconductor complex in in an ETF. Let me quickly go over that one again. So year to date, that is up 10%. That's not just one stock, that's an entire complex. So the question is, how good does the number have to be in order for a stock like Nvidia or semiconductors to ha- to continue rallying at the rate at which it has over the past couple of weeks, I don't have a specific sort of quantitative number for you on that because I don't think there anyway anyone has a number on that specifically, but think about this there's basically one of three scenarios that are likely to happen: either they report unbelievable numbers unbelievable outlook, which we just had a bunch of outlooks already that came in a bit tamer. And, and so I think that may be not the most likely scenario, but let's say they do and they beat the numbers and everything's amazing. And they're going to start, we're all going to start buying Nvidia computer chips and eating them for breakfast, that kind of thing. Even if that happens and the stock rallies, it'll then have rallied, you know, parabolically, which is not any, this is, this is not a bearish call against Nvidia from a fundamentals perspective. I don't have a longer term view on the stock right now. I think it's gotten so in the news that I'm a bit hesitant. But I'm not bearish the company. I could see it correcting 30, 40% without a a problem, just because I think it's overbought. But it could rally even more after earnings. And then it would probably be an unbelievable opportunity to maybe take profits or even short the stock or buy puts if one is more active. Another scenario that could happen, and I'm talking about this for NVIDIA purposes. NVIDIA, by the way, doesn't have earnings until I think mid-February. Let me double check with you guys or for you guys on that, just to double check. Nvidia's earnings are going to be on the uh, yes they, as i said mid- literally smack that middle of february by the way february this year is going to be an extra day we have 29 days this year in february as opposed to the regular 28. something to keep in mind anyway long story short whether it's nvidia or whether it's microsoft or google or any of those stocks that have had a big rally they there's one of three things that can happen they can unbelievable numbers the stock rallies even more and then it might put in a top and this might translate into maybe a top for the whole year for the broader market which i want to talk about in a minute as well if it doesn't do that if it doesn't report amazing amazing numbers what if it just disappoints a little bit or comes in line or just a little bit something weakish then the stock drops maybe then we have a high as well right and i guess the third scenario is something that doesn't surprise or doesn't you know doesn't disappoint either it's like blah wouldn't there some people be inclined to take some profits? I would argue that in all three of those scenarios, the stock will be putting in a pretty important exhaustion top here right now, again, from a trading perspective. So if NVIDIA could do this, and again, NVIDIA isn't reporting earnings until mid-February, but let's say Microsoft more imminently, maybe Google. A Alphabet. Maybe a few others. Apple's a bit different because Apple's actually not at an all-time high close to it, but it has rallied vertically over the past number of days into into their upcoming earnings report. But if these stocks start to top out here, like what does that mean for the broader market? Would it be so outlandish to think that the S&P 500 here, having made new all-time highs, which in full disclosure, I did not see happening. So definitely wrong on that. But wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be possible that the market just starts to top out here. And when I say top out, I'm not talking about it's the end of the world and it's going to drop 50%. It could, that's not my base case. But what if we put in the top for the year? Wouldn't that be the path of maximum frustration for lots of strategists and investors out there that are also bullish right now? And what does that mean? Does that mean, again, that doesn't mean, does that mean that it's going to be a new bear market? No, it just means maybe we make an, a high and like we won't see it again for a long time like another year or two, or I don't, I don't know what the time frame is. And so that would frustrate a lot of people. And if you think about last year, 2023, the consensus was for a, a really horrible Q1, first half of 2023. Of course, that didn't happen in any meaningful way and, and bear market and stuff. And of course, more or less, we had the opposite happening. So we took the path of maximum frustration last year. We typically do. And I think this year, this may be the, this may be the, the pack. Path of maximum frustration. What if we were to put in the top? What what could potentially the rest of the year look like? Uh, obviously, that's a tall order and, and something that I have no real conviction on, if you will. However, I wouldn't be surprised if we see something like in the market that is correcting whatever down 10, 15%, which is garden variety, hardly worth talking about, by the way, in the bigger sense. And then maybe at some point as we start heading towards the elections, we start getting back on our feet because they're going to throw the the bathwater at it in terms of doing whatever they can to to buoy the stock market again. And it doesn't have to be that way, right? But I'm just trying to play out a scenario in which, in the hypothetical scenario I'm, I'm mapping out here, where the market tops for the year, what that would mean. So the path of maximum frustration. So we've talked about individual stocks potentially coming together and maybe topping out this market. What about the Fed? If you look at the bond market, and this is important, the bond market has year-to-date Let me bring up a chart of the 10-year yield. So if you're listening to this in traditional podcast formats, I'm just t- showing the chart 10-year yield. I think if we get back above 4.2, and notice I'm using the word if, if we get back the 10-year yield above 4.2%, I think the stock market will start to listen and be a bit more concerned. And that actually brings me to a point and, and, and a chart that I've been discussing with clients now for the better part of the past week and a half, which is the recent dislocation of the equity market from the bond market and even from the dollar markets. And I want to talk about that in a minute as well. But let's just talk about equity. So, basically, equities and fixed and, and, and bonds, so Treasury notes, like for example, have had a positive correlation. That's what this. what I'm showing you here or explaining to you here for a pretty long time now. This goes back much further than that, but in this case, we're just looking at it back to the end of uh, October of last year. However, equity started completely dislocating from the bond market uh, about a week and a day or two ago. or So basically the specific what that day was, it was about Thursday, the 18th of January, where the equity market continued to love everything because they always do. And the bond market didn't listen. Typically, the bond market ends up being right and the equity market ends up being a little bit more wrong on this. So if that were to play out this case, in this way as well, this time, then I would imagine the equity market would probably come back lower, mean revert. Notice I'm not talking about the end of the world, not, none of that. That'll take time if that were to happen. And that's an outlier, outliner, you know, outlier kind of call anyway to make we Need more time on that. But I think this week coming in here, because of the earnings and because the Fed, which I want to talk about in a minute, has a really high probability of not only mean reverting the equity market back in sync with the bond market, because the bond market is telling us yields are going to be a bit stickier. But also, I think, again, earnings are, are important here. So let's talk a little bit about, about the Fed. We've got, obviously, maybe not be obvious, but we have about a 0% chance of of a rate cut coming up here in the near future next week priced in i think it's about a 50 50 now for march and i think it's closer to 70 now percent chance of a rate cut by june or something like that what does that mean for this week again what's gonna what likely has a good chance of spooking the equity market is if the fed remains more hawkish than the market's been anticipating which would mean and this goes right into this Chart I'm talking about here right now, which would mean that the, the bond market, so yields, may get back about four point two percent in the ten year. And if that does, then that correlation of equities and bonds will come right back in sync, meaning the equity market would mean revert. Again, notice I'm using the word mean reversion. It's not the end of the world, or at least not yet. I don't know what the future holds exactly. Of course, I don't have no crystal ball, and not pretending to. But then the bond market will have been right, and the equity market's not going to like it because you have a. a higher discount rate, you discount uh, your future cash flows from a DCF model back into the net present value higher at higher, at, at lower levels, and then you get a lower net present value and thus lower stock price. So that would be something that I think would, would spook the market and again, could bring this near-term dislocation between the bottom market and the equity market right back in sync and would also potentially then put the S&P at a point where it's potentially a top out for the year. And I know that's a tall order. That's a big statement to make. And again, I'm not saying it's the end of the world. If that were to happen, it just might just be a topping out for the year, which would call, which would, by the way, catch a lot of people off guard. And I'm not even talking about retail investors, I'm talking about professional investors. So that's one thing to keep in mind for this week. Now let's move on to the China story. There's a few things happening here. So first of all, if you look at it from a performance, let's start off with performance. Let's go back to performance and I'm just going to. go right back to where we started off with i started off the chat here today with with looking at uh, nvidia and smh and microsoft on a year-to-date basis on a year-to-date basis the fxi china etf it's large cap china shares it's still down about five percent but it was down like 12 literally like a few days ago (laughs) seemingly and if you look at it on a six-month basis China is still down about 17%. Again, this is and and NVIDIA or SMH is up 25%, right? So you're talking about it, just an an absolute mahusa outperformance of these big names versus China, which of course is comparing, somewhat comparing apples to oranges, but from an asset allocators perspective, you want to be in the stuff that's working and not the stuff that's not working. China here, both from an economic gravity perspective and from a trending perspective, I see no reason to be long China. Like our market rover software has gone bearish trend, the FXI back in August, that was the latest print. And you can see, or if you can't see it, I'll explain to you. We had sell signals there all the way down to uh, $20. That's about a 20, minus 27% move. So from a trending perspective, the FXI, so China large cap shares, it, 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 they're still bearish trend. Like the trend hasn't changed. What has changed is a very strong bullish reversal, whether you look at the Hang Seng Index, that's the HSI, or you look at FXI. I'm going to use FXI for discussions here because obviously our audience is largely retail and, excuse me, it's largely in the Western hemisphere. So we're talking about United States and Europe and Asia as well, to some extent, but, but, but they're more focused on using an ETF. So the FXI China large cap ETF is the one I'm referencing to. So we've seen a big move. Now, why do we have such a big move? Week to date, as I'm recording this here, again, on on Friday the 26th, the FXI is up about 5%. It's leaving a huge outside uh, reversal candle on the chart behind it. Very similar to what happened in October of last year. Now, does that mean the FXI has to go back up into the mid-30s and rally 45%? It doesn't have to. But it could, and maybe it just goes back to 25 or 26, or even 24. those are big moves. So why is this happening? Well, first of all, stimulus and stimulus both on uh, with the stock market and on the economic front. China is noticing they have a problem, and we're seeing a big move. Now, the FXI chart, as well as the HSI, the Hang Seng Index itself, I'm going to quickly look at the, it's basically full of up gaps. Now the, the FXI ETF more than the HSI because of overnight gap, right? Remember China, of course, very different time zone than the New York Stock Exchange. And you can see, if you pull up a chart of the FXI, you can see two notable up gaps. One of them on the 23rd of January, that's uh, this past uh, Tuesday, and then the one the next day up on the 24th as well on Wednesday. So we, have these two up gaps and to me what's really interesting here is not only are we coming from very oversold levels this is also happening right at the at the lows of 2022 in october so a good double bottom spot there and then if we look at this from a volume perspective and you look at volume closely and, and i'm not a volume like guy it's nice to know that there's good volume but just look at the past two times when we had volume spikes They both happened at extreme near-term oversold levels. And the first time it happened, FXI rallied 30%. This happened in April 22. Then it happened, as I said, in October 22. FXI rallied about 60%. And it's happening now again. So this is a trade that i think is very interesting and full disclosure i have not personally put it on it i just this morning sent out a trade alert this morning friday the 26th of february at uh, january you're not going to be watching this at the earliest or listening to it until monday the 29th but the trade holds just as well and everything else that we talked about as well for the week out holds as well the FXI ETF here i uh, want to watch i would not be surprised to see this into the 24 25 dollar area pretty soon what i also like about it and again this is just a Mean reversion move. This is not a new bull trend and everything's amazing over there. I don't think it is, but it is something worth watching, I think, very closely for a potential trade. What's nice about it, too, is, it, is that we can trade against the recent lows around $21, which took place in, in January 23rd, actually, January 22nd. So we have a well defined area which we can trade against. And I think that makes a lot of sense. Of course, this, this could be done with options. The options liquidity uh, is, is not bad on FXI, it could be better, but it's not awful. So I think there's plenty to like there. And last but not least, what's interesting about this trade is that it's somewhat idiosyncratic versus what we just talked about the semiconductors and US equities. So I would not be surprised if we could see some rotation out of some of those other mega cap tech stocks into something like FXI, even if it's just for a trade. And so all of this kind of gets us to once again, highlight the importance of this week's or this coming weeks, the week of the 29th of January earnings and, and other economic data point, including the fed, uh, it really could be significant for markets. So. I hope this is helpful for you and gets you hopefully in a mindset of having a a, a plan for the week and and the weeks ahead. I'll leave you with this. I have seen more than my fair share of January's that really trick people out and then leave them making really poor decisions, decisions on positioning, I should say, that can really sting their portfolio over the course of weeks, months, quarters, and uh, sometimes even years. So take January and maybe even February with a grain of salt. Until next time, folks, be well, and thanks for listening to your Steady Wealth Podcast.